0: It's the Luke and Pete show. It is. It's, it's, it's Monday. It's, uh, Luke's Monday. the 10th of October. Would you believe? Uh, mine is Pete Donaldson, joined by Luke Moore. Uh, like at this it. point, I will be uh, heading back into London after a week in uh, a week away. Um, so yeah. I hope you're you're keeping well. Hope you've hope you've stayed out of trouble for the last week. All right. Hope you've you yeah. know kept your head
1: down. Safe, but you can't do anything about it by now if they haven't, can you? You're supposed to say that ahead of time, not afterwards. It's a good point, actually, yeah. It's a very yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Peter, what's, um, what's floating in your boat? I've got something I want to talk to you about that I forgot to mention a week or so ago. I. Uh, oh, yeah, go on then. Well, I was just going to say that um, I went to the Royal Albert Hall. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, is a really great place.
0: Yeah, can it's we agree a, on I've that? Not, I've not actually seen anything in the main hall. I've seen some comedy in the little halls, the little uh, side oh, side rooms. alternative. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Why'd you go
1: and see some comedy? What, what's fucking wrong with you? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, there's nothing I wanted to watch at the Royal Albert Hall that night. Is there, a, is there see... a um any other kind of medium where so such a high percentage of it is so shit? Yeah, it's still popular.
0: I, ju- I, ju- I honestly, I just don't know. I don't know what has gone wrong with you. That what? you
1: find comedy so offensive. It's not comedy. I love comedy. I love right. being made to laugh because obviously yeah. that's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a central part of being a human being, Peter, the uh, need to laugh. I, <laughs> I just don't like um, overgrown... People trying to make you laugh. Overgrown students who've done nothing in their life making you sound up stories like Jeremy to Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah, you but that's fine. Like I don't Jeremy... In the laguna. <laughs> that's, but I don't that's, care. You say That's all you're doing. On every
0: laugh. podcast that you're on, that's all you're doing. It's just no. it's just people expressing themselves and 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 over um emphasizing and kind of like yeah. me- exaggerating how they really feel. I think you'll find it's <laughs> a bit it's a bit more of an art to the, what I
1: do P. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to remember footballers names.
1: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Don't know. That's the one thing I don't do. Um, anyway, <laughs> do what that. was I talking about? Yeah. So right. stop. Just stop being a stop fucking. Stop getting upset about Stop comedy. putting your cardigan on <laughs> and fucking rattling your tin for the <laughs> National Union of Students and, and watching comedy from some bloke. I am
0: wearing a cardigan, cold. Some, from isn't it? some
1: like posh bloke telling us why we should all be nicer to poor people. Right. Okay. Embarrassing. Cool. Anyway, Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> um, I went there to watch a comedian I like called. No, I didn't really. Uh, <laughs> I, I went to the Royal Albert Hall because, and this is this is a great bit of a ripe um, content for you to laugh at me for. Right. Went to go and see Return of the Jedi, Pete. How have how Hang have on. you gone from doing what you Hang just on. said to doing this with the London Symphony Orchestra playing the soundtrack along live in the Lagoon?
0: I would only find this <laughs> interesting if every last come on Hammond. word every last word was like uh every last word spoken in return of the Jedi there was a little violin doing the exact same pitch <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, what they did is like there was a rogue yeah, there was your a, father. there was a there
1: was a, ro- <laughs> no, there was a rogue trumpeter in the orchestra they couldn't identify who after every time someone said something, he just went. Pow. Like that. It really took everyone out of it. No, but it was really cool because they showed it's like being in basically being in a gigantic cinema with a huge screen showing I think they showed the nineteen ninety seven version of Return of the Jedi, which actually isn't as good as the original one, but that's fine. Um with the London Symphony Orchestra doing the music live so they're all watching the, the movie as well in front of them with a right. timer and with their music and they're playing the soundtrack along to it you're telling me that's not yeah. good it's brilliant it
0: is It is good but I mean watching an orchestra doing anything is really good But agreed but, I don't know, I just... I, I, oh, I you'd sort of, rather
1: watch fucking James A. Caster, would you? In I, fucking in, in mumbo-jumbo's I mean, not even.
0: I'm not even a fan of, of James A. Caster, and yes, I would, actually, because I'm not all that big a fan of Star Wars, so it'd be kind of lost on me a little bit.
1: Well, it's not a difficult concept to grasp, is it Star Wars? It's all fucking space, space pixies, isn't it? You can tell which ones are good <laughs> and which ones are bad, just by the, what they're named. It's not a difficult...
0: Friend, friend of the show, uh, Doc Brown, who did our. Uh, he's he's in uh, a Star Wars
1: show, isn't he? I was. Do you, big, hear, do you want to hear a crap claim to fame? Uh, go on then. I, when he found out, I he told was, him about Star Wars. <laughs> no, but he found out he was going to be in it. He was on his bike riding right. to come meet me for lunch. Oh, well, there you go. And um, I, he, t- he told me quite early on. I wasn't have to tell anyone, even that my Star yeah. Wars mad um, wi I have access to. Who, to be fair to you, Ben, if you're listening, apologies for this, but I did tell her straight away. Uh, <laughs> the, no one, uh, but no one told anyone else. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I haven't seen it yet, though. Is he? Is he? Is he
0: good in it? I haven't, I haven't seen it. I've, I've, again, I, again, not a fan of Star Wars. So I'm probably never going to see him. But maybe do you like any of that stuff?
1: Do you like sci-fi and fantasy? Tell me any of it that you actually like. I like Blade Runner. Oh, it's just so cool, isn't it? It's not trying to be I cold like, all the time. How is that cool? It's like two films. Like, uh, you won't cool? actually have heard of the uh, the science fiction films that I like. It's I'm a big fan of the uh, of Fritz like, Lang's Metropolis. Fuck li- <laughs>
0: off. <laughs> I like... Uh, Metropolis Fritz Lang was always... Uh, my dad had a video of that uh, that he'd recorded off the telly, I think, and he'd... And it was always in the stack of VHSs in front of the television. Uh, and it right. said, like, Metropolis. And in...
1: Parenthesis. i said uh fritz lang i was like you didn't really do that dad I'm, yeah everyone I'm... says that it's, it's a great um so when i when i went to college technical college uh to do media stuff back in yeah. the, at the turn of the century yeah There i was i was ensconced with a load of film study students because they just live in the same halls as us and that was a massive touch point for boring students like the conversation was either legalize weed or yeah. um Am I a fan of films? I'll let you be the judge of that when I tell you that my favourite film is Metropolis by Fritz Lang. <laughs> that's, that's that's the only way I kind of I can, can contextualise it, basically. Yeah,
0: I, li- I like the bit where Freddie
1: Mercury turns up <laughs> yeah we all do it's we all cool like that we all like cool. that but have you Um, so you, you are a fan of Blade Runner but do you like so I know remember when you famously spoiled um, Game of Thrones for me I didn't is that I because literally you said there was a coffee cup for... someone had put a coffee cup in it
0: that's not spoiler Of that's not canon is it I mean it does I mean I guess it being on the television means that that coffee cup is indeed canon have they done anything coffee cup wise in the new game of thrones as a little motif, a little well, motif, I, I, little nod, little nod, yeah, little nod to, little, oi, nod. little nod to yeah. how
1: incompetent the old gang were. Correct. Um, uh, which by the way, they were, I, I don't know if I told you this, but when, it was, when we were in New York, um, when would it have been? It might've been for our tour in 2019. I, it might've been a time before when I went to New York, my friend, right. Michael, he works in that industry. And, um, it was, this was before the final season of Game of Thrones came out. Yeah, and he was saying to me over lunch um, that like it, they the two guys who are running Game of Thrones are like a laughing stock. And as soon as they run out of the written material, it's going to be a shit show. He was honestly saying all this stuff like he was a prophet, and, and whatever <laughs> transpired transpired. But he said right. that they were like it, they were so bad. It was like it was like a joke how they got the job. Yeah, and, and 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 it's obviously very indicative that this new season, which I think has actually been pretty good so far, it, they're yeah. not they're not involved. Right, uh, and and what what is an interesting, I think, um, dichotomy is the fact that um, House of the Dragon, which is this prequel to Game of Thrones, which is out now, it's about five or six episodes in, maybe seven or so, yeah. and Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings Amazon Prime gamble that they've chucked a billion, literally a billion dollars into, they've they've aired them at the same time. Which right, which okay. is very odd because, because Rings of Power I think comes across very badly in comparison to the tried and trusted kind of quite swashbuckling fast paced nature of House of the Dragon. Yeah, okay. So are you watching both of them? Yeah, right. Well, cause so, Mimi's obsessed with, with um, with it. She loves that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I i i i'm I, I would. Does it? How does it tie in with the original kind of TV shows? Does it
1: kind of? What House of the Dragon or Lord of the Rings or what? Uh, House of the Dragon. So House of the Dragon is set like 170 years before the events at the start of Game of Thrones. Right, and okay. it's the Targaryen dynasty, which is the big, powerful house with the dragons before they all die out. So okay, it's when right, they're in yeah. their, I guess it's kind of when they're in their pomp, really. And then, and then, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, is set I think in the second age, so way before um, um, the, the Lord of the Rings. And, yeah. and what I think Amazon did is that it's like a weird arrangement. I don't know if you've seen this, but like the arrangement was they paid loads of money for the rights to essentially a load of the characters and okay. a load of the kind of glossaries of what Tolkien wrote. So there's not actually any IP there. They had to invent it themselves, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so That's that, an interesting way of going. going yeah. And, it. and um, it's basically a big game. I actually think it's been really slow paced and, and the, I'd be interested to know what I listen Not to. Not like a goes. Lord of the Rings. But, <laughs> well film, yeah, but is the it? thing is, compared to that, I mean it's much more slow paced, I would say. But, but the observation I was t I was actually chatting to uh, to your friend in mine, Jim Campbell about this and he agreed with me. Um but then he is a very agreeable chap, so he probably just, just thinks, Oh shut up, Luke, get on with this. Yeah. Um What they do, Pete, is this weird thing, and we were talking about TV, weren't we, an episode or two ago. And we're talking about it in constructive reality and how they tempo it and how they pace it and stuff. Yeah. Rings of Power is paced in such a weird way and, and everything is written and performed to be with such gravitas that almost it becomes meaningless because everything's like that. So, right. this, so the kind of the crescendo happens in every plot point and every scene. It's the point when you get about 40 minutes in of a one hour, 20 minute episode, you think it's about to end but it never does. So it ends up becoming <laughs> exhausting. Like by the yeah. time it actually ends, you, you feel like you've been for about six endings already,
0: right, which I think okay. is a really
1: odd way of pacing a TV show.
0: Yeah. Well, look, our opinions on how to pace a TV show, very different to the people who actually create the te- television, I find. Yeah. Frequently.
1: And you've not even watched any of this, so you can't even contribute. So I can't even um, contribute, no. no but anyway, so going back to what I was talking about, went to go and see um, uh, Return of the Jedi at the London Symphony Orchestra and, with the London Symphony Orchestra and what i found quite interesting is that Star Wars generally is so egalitarian and so popular mm. that you get such a weird mixed bag of people turning up so I was basically we were sat in front of like three lads like older lads <laughs> with like cans of beer and stuff Right? Going, okay. fuck me look at all the people there are in here fuck you know I bet you never seen a film with this many people before Dave nah fuck me <laughs> I was like not really to shut up they left at halftime, <laughs> did they? Okay, yeah, they, they like, did. Got scared of all the people. They left. <laughs> yeah, they left. They just left. Yeah, get down the boozer. <laughs> and then, but they all, and then in front of us were like some nerds, like super nerds, but who had brought their own lightsabers.
0: Nice. I so like that. it's
1: a real mixed bag, mate. It's got a, very a lot of time bag. for that. Fantastic. And and um, the other thing I was going to mention is that I went to go and see the theatre production of Life of Pi as well. Right, that is the tiger
0: and the on the boat. Is it? Tell us the
1: plot of Life of Pi. Just do it now, off the top of your head.
0: Uh, a boy. I'll
1: I give you a mark out of ten at the end.
0: A boy. I don't know. how He gets there. Finds himself on a boat, uh, a little little dingy, with uh, a tiger, and I, th- I think, a, uh, honey sandwiches. Is that, is that the? <laughs> Did you say sandwiches? honey sandwiches is that what, wasn't it like on a beautiful on. pea on a beautiful pea green boat and they yeah. just float around and he goes insane and the whole crux of the film slash book slash uh, theater show is him just fucking going absolutely loopy because he's just hanging out on a boat with a lion uh, i've changed from tiger now uh, <laughs> <lion>. <laughs> and he uh, he just slowly goes mad because it's like the rhyme of the ancient mariner but there's a there's a tiger there's a big cat
1: my introduction to the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is purely the Iron Maiden song. Right, okay, fair. Which okay, is brilliant. Um, and then the great thing that Bruce Dickinson does as um, lead singer of Iron Maiden when you see him live is he, in, he insists upon introducing every song before it's being played in a mad voice. So, <laughs> you know, when you go and watch a gig and they just yeah. play, people they just play songs and then members yeah. and little of chat between the songs and they go, yeah. and they don't tell you what the songs are. Yeah. Every time you go and watch Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson will just go, the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner! And they'll start playing it. And he does that for every single song. It's great. And, but on the Life of Python thing, you are pretty much spot on, I'd say. A little bit of detail missing there, but that's about yeah. right. But cool. the theatre production is really good, and I'll tell you why. It's the first time it's I've seen it. It's the same, but film. with revels. Yeah, and he's allergic yeah. to
0: some of them, like you. <laughs> he's not eating revels. You're eating the revels.
1: No, I'm, I'm. No, he's eating the revels. Okay, right. Yeah, and then uh, they they, <laughs> they the theme tune is uh, revel revel. What name it
0: I guess. I mean, I guess you could get on stage and sit in the boat with him and go. And now I'm in the
1: boat. Yeah, it's experiential theatre. We're both in the same boat. Um, <laughs> so finally, I'm going to get to this. Uh, first of all, um, we had a real touch because um, we've got we sat up in the in the top bit in the circle, whatever you call it, up in the gods, sit, right. sitting there, and literally sixty. Uh, public schoolboys and girls came in on a kind of outing. Oh no! And I was like, my heart just sank. Right? This other couple come over to us and say, "Oh, excuse me, I think you're um you sat in our seats." Looked at the tickets. We're in the wrong seats. Oh, so we dodged yeah. a bullet there. So you, so you moved away and found yeah. other seats away from the kids. It was, cr- mate. It was honestly, obviously, I didn't sit in their section for the for the actual bit, but as we were waiting for it to start. All you could hear was, oh, my God, this is actually really high up. And, uh, oh, my God, I actually feel sick. I feel sick because I'm so <laughs> high up. I'm actually afraid of heights. I don't know well oh, i love voices. you You do look at picture in that voice all the time. Oh, my God. Might, might be a bit annoying. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, we moved. So, that was good. Right. But what they did in the theatre production, which I'd never seen done before, and I think you'll be interested in this, and then maybe you've seen it before, but I haven't. So, it's set in... The hospital where the kid, as you've described, suffers his kind of his trauma, and it's a flashback thing. So he's being in, he's being interviewed and talked to by these experts about what's happened. Right. And when he's in the hospital, he's in this bed in the hospital room, and they're interviewing him. When he when he goes on his flights of fancy, it flashes back. The bed turns around into the base of the little boat, and the rest of the boat appears from out the bottom of the stage. And then, when he's on the boat. All these lights are simulating the storm and everything. But there's parts of the stage that clearly all the other actors are choreographed not to tread on. But they look like parts of the stage, as in made of wood. Yeah. But they're made of this like neoprene stuff. So when he jumps off the boat, he can dive into the stage. What? it looks like water. And he can pop up somewhere else like he's gone underwater and come up again. (laughs) That's cool. I can't really tell you if the play was any good or not because all I could think about was that it was the neoprene. Go go do the dive again. Do the dive, <laughs> do the dive again. <laughs> again. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was good. It was really it was really well done. It was uh, yeah. I really enjoyed the book anyway. And I've not seen the film, but the theater production itself was uh was very enjoyable, Peter. Lovely. Have I, you went to the theater uh, I, recently?
0: I did. I went uh on Monday to uh, for a rare excursion to ABBA, the whatever the fucking live show it is. Oh, uh, you did. That's right. Uh, went was it to called go Voyage? And see- it's called voyage. It's call yeah. voyage. Uh, Sarah had uh, ac- had uh, had access to the ac- <laughs> the, the, the partner I've access to had access to uh, uh, free tickets. So we went down Is there. Is it hard to
1: get tickets generally? I think it's
0: all sold out. So it's a purpose built. Uh if you look on Google Maps it's it's a car park and it's a purpose built kind of it it's funny because it looks like an IKEA kind of exposed nice. bush, uh, flat Swedish kind of thing and 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 it is flat pack they'll take it down at the end of the show and then take it somewhere else in Europe once uh, once that's gassed out but um yeah so it's, it's a purpose built uh, little kind of thing in, in East London near Stratford and uh yeah you sit down and it's basically a musical like uh in, it's holograms or something. One of those kind of—I uh, I forget what they call it. It's not actually a hologram, but it's kind of like a—you a, uh, 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 can sort of see the ABBA singers and performers on stage. It's, like, uh, it's quite, like
1: a motion capture
0: thing with like ILM, isn't it? So, so it's so so the so I'm, I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to think now. It's a big animation, uh, right. a big animation number where they've uh, basically recreated. Abba as they were in the 70s basically. Uh, it's a big movie effectively. Right. Uh, but parts of that movie take place on big screens to the to the left and right of the stage like you would at a normal concert. Uh but most of it happens with these little uh little chaps, uh, these little uh far away little uh Abba uh, Bjorn and whatever they're called. Uh, all of Abba are just kind of like really far away but it looks like a proper gig it basically looks like a, a, a proper gig I'm explaining this about as terribly as I possibly could but I it's like basically a gig ABBA Abba doing a gig uh, but instead of them really being there it's just animation uh, but the actual technology uh, that allows you to see them on the stage is astonishingly good it actually looks like they have depth it looks like they're they're really there the close-up sort of facial stuff doesn't look quite as good as, you know, it's that classic kind of uh, Final Fantasy animation, kind of like uh, Uncanny Valley kind of style. Yeah. Uh, it, it's too real for for its own good, effectively. And so, yeah, uh, we, we watched uh, ABBA do an hour and a half of, of their songs, including a couple of new ones, which uh, nobody was really into. No. But uh, it only took like a little... I only took like about two songs for people to like really get into it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's probably worth what we would have paid, which is like 150 quid or something for the extra, because yeah. uh, we had like an extra bit of uh, bit of food or whatever before. Uh, I don't, I don't think you should really sort of do that. And there are kind of cheaper options. You can stand in the pit and dance around for 50 quid, I think. Uh, yes. So it's probably worth doing that. But uh, yeah, but it I mean, was really, really interesting. Kind of purpose-built,
1: technologically uh, advanced. Uh, yeah, ABBA so celebration. Something for little Donny to enjoy there—the admiration of the technology, probably.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, that was what what I was watching it for. So but the Abba uh... story—I
1: mean, generally, I've not seen that show. And I've heard, but I've heard it's amazing. Um, and the whole Abba story is generally, I find, fascinating. And they were obviously amazing, but the, the songs that those two guys, Benny and Bjorn, have written are like, so good, like, so tight, like, they're some of the best pop songs ever written, right? Yeah. And their popularity, I think, even now, still goes a little bit understated, particularly among young people because they've not been around for so long. But, like, in 2000, they were offered a billion dollars to reform, right? And they said no. A billion dollars. Yeah. And then they wanted... <laughs> I think they finally wanted... Because there's a lot of stuff that went on in the dynamic between the four of them. I think fairly recently, they finally felt like they got past that and they wanted to do something again, but they felt like... I think fairly they didn't want to be here's Some old versions of us when we're not quite as good and we can't do anything that we used to do. So they came up with this um this kind of concept with these with, I guess with these event people and these tech people, mm-hmm. uh, and it's isn't it's like the highest it's the most expensive live show ever isn't it like it costs, it costs like 200 million dollars to put together which is fascinating yeah, because it's still only a fifth of what they're offered to do to do it themselves <laughs> so everyone's saving money I suppose and haven't, haven't they and, and the one thing I read that, was, that fascinated me about it as well was when they first announced it and they decided they were going to go ahead with it didn't they book the residency for like five years knowing it would be sold out continuously for all that time yeah but that's, that's even that. before they move it somewhere else so yeah. the appetite is absolutely extraordinary and um, it's great to hear that the show is actually good because um, the, the songs really do. I mean, I'm not; it's not really naturally the music I tend to listen to, but I yeah. can admire how good it is, and I, I think it is worthy of. They need to do something that's worthy of the iconic nature of the songs they've created because they are classics, right? They're just part of part of the fabric of life, really. Now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they certainly are. And, I, uh, you know, that was kind of probably the only band that was heard in my house uh, when I was growing up, like my mum. Uh, I remember that kind of, is it Arrival? Uh, I think it might be the album Arrival, where they're, they're, right. they're, four of them are in front of a, uh, a really 80s-looking small helicopter. Um, and it looks so cheap, yeah. like wonderfully
1: 80s. I, I it's a mid-70s helicopter. record though, mate, because they were pretty much done by the 80s. Were they? Right, okay. okay. Yeah. Right. So they must, they must have been... The last. Record, 70s but. helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because don't, don't you feel like the 70s and the 80s, to the extent they blur a bit? Because if you look... One, one of the real pioneers of that um, that thing is David Bowie. You look at David Bowie, so I look at him on the cover of uh, Diamond Dogs. He looks 80s, but it's, it's yes. a mid-70s record because he's so far <laughs> ahead of his time, so influential, <laughs> that people start copying him in the 80s. Take quite a long time to sort of catch up a little bit yeah let's um yeah. let's have a break because we haven't done a break yet let's do a break right, then. and then we'll come back in a minute all right a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com
0: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up
1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
0: we're back with the Luke and Pete show Pete and Luke doing their stuff on on the on the internet innit? just on the internet innit just on the internet would you
1: do a radio show now Pete if someone offered you it
0: on this form no no terrible <laughs> <laughs> anyone want to hear that I mean, maybe we could play some music. I don't know. I, I think the best thing that could happen to Luke and Pete Shaw is that they finally allow us to play play music. Yeah, it's just a bit to of give people a there. bit of rest.
1: Yeah. What? Well, um. The last thing you've ever done on mainstream radio was a burp, right? Correct. You'd like to protect that legacy. You wouldn't want to kind
0: of. Yeah. Quite. Yeah. Quite proud. I think in many, it'd, it'd be like Ric Flair's last match. Like we didn't need to see it. We didn't need to see him uh, blading and cutting his head open uh, and not knowing like, where 94. he is. Ninety-four.
1: Uh, yeah did you did you um so i want to finish today's show um by just doing this email here from john and that's okay with you yeah okay um you've got a take on this he says hi jones just read the headline joy to the world cliff richard to release new christmas album i refuse to find that more but respectfully request luke to investigate and report back (laughs) to the listenership love your work john rendle now i've been on the record a few times saying i think cliff richard is the worst human being in britain i do think that still yeah um he's 81 now God bless him and uh, he said he's announced earlier I think it's sort of last month-ish that he is going to put out his first dedicated Christmas album in almost 20 years Uh, um, he's going to call it an album of classics Uh, he's going to include things like Joy to the World Jingle Bell Rock First Christmas Six Days After Christmas Heart of Christmas all these kind of combination basically of of classics and these new songs that he's I guess apparently written Um, do we need it? I'm going to say no I think this is flogging a dead horse to a ridiculous level, and I'm struggling to think of with respect to Cliff Sir Cliff. Who's the audience for this?
0: It's, I mean, a, a rapidly dwindling audience. Uh, I might posit, <laughs> uh, and and I I fear. I mean, COVID might have seen a lot of his fans off. I'm just saying, like his his kind of age of of, of fan, and and uh, yeah, I mean, good God, Um, a lot of them will will be uh, uh God loving, God fearing people who who may not have even wanted the vaccine because they've, they've got the big <laughs> guy upstairs. uh, of the anti-vax community.
1: Bath. That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah, I'm just that's,
0: that's... I'm, I'm just looking at kind of like clip. Like it's, I mean, 81 years old. His first dedicated Christmas album in nearly two decades. Christmas with Cliff uh, bringing together an album of classics including Joy to the World, Jingle Bell Rock and The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Uh, new tracks will include first Christmas. He it strikes me as a man who opens his presents after tea on a Christmas yeah. day. He's that kind of chap
1: for me. Uh, it's uh, also, it's, I, the thing I don't f- fully understand is why no one is properly picked up on how arrogant he is. He's like the most arrogant man ever. Like I don't know if you saw, um, but when he said um, he did that, sh- he did that fucking abysmal song, which was basically the Lord's Prayer to the tune of Old Lang Syne, right. right? And no one wanted it. it. I mean, it's as bad as that, as, as I've just described it. Is as, is as, as how bad it is. And he was giving interviews because obviously people will just do they'll interview Cliff, right? Because he's Cliff, right? And um, he was saying stuff like. You know, uh, yeah, when I first had the idea, it's like all the genius ideas I've had. You know, it's really simple. And like, no one's picking him up on it. Like, if, if, if fucking Cristiano Ronaldo said that, the world would go mad. You know, but, and, then, and, then, and it's the Wimbledon thing as well. And that pisses me off. He, he gets up there and he, and he starts singing. And he, and he doesn't give a shit if anyone fucking wants to hear it or not, because they're actually here to see tennis. He thinks, oh, people will automatically love this because I'm Cliff Richard. It makes me sick. Well, because you're in a little bit of a bubble when you were successful
0: with your genius ideas as you are. How do you know? uh, As Cliff Richard. uh, So Richard said he'd always loved being in recording studios since time spent in 1958 in Studio 2, Abbey Road, famous for its use by artists, including the Beatles, etc. I recorded this album in Criteria Studios in Miami, Florida, uh, 4,427 miles away from Abbey Road, said Cliff. And once again, I felt I was in a world of my own. What, it's just nonsense. Why are you linking Abbey yeah. Road to
1: just you happen to? Or be Oh, what in are the Miami? kids like these days? Abbey Road, <laughs> the Beatles. Uh,
0: they guided me through the well-known Christmas songs and freed me to sing them my way. Uh, they are differing approaches to the songs that I asked them to produce for me, uh, and they gave this album the dynamics that I had hoped for. I mean, good God! Come on,
1: <laughs> you know, you know, like you know, if you type any famous person to Google and put the word quotes after, there's those websites yeah. that aggregate all the famous quotes from. Famous people, right? I think it's called AZ Quotes or something. Yeah. And yeah. the top one for Cliff Richard is the following. She's just a devil woman with evil on her mind. Beware the devil woman. She's going to get you. She's just a devil woman with evil on her mind. And the tags for that quote are Halloween, evil, and mind. <laughs> That's the contribution Cliff's made. Has he got a TikTok?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't want to know. Richard, I don't want to know that. TikTok. He will do. He just will do. Cliff Richard, TikTok. Yeah, I think that's... Is that Cliff Richard? Or is it just somebody uploading... Oh, God, it is just people uploading Cliff Richard stuff. Cliff Richard official. Let's have a look. See what's up here. No. No. I don't think he does have a TikTok. That's a yeah. shame. That's Why a TikTok? Cl- well,
1: there's no way he's got a TikTok. Because people...
0: Uh, older people on us uh, are quite into TikTok. And I think he, he should
1: be getting involved in TikTok. Maybe a launch one for this album. We're not auditioning for a fucking podcast, Pete. Everyone, <laughs> that's what everyone talks about. In podcast meters now. Have you got TikTok? Ah, TikTok. Why are you so loud all the time? What's your TikTok strategy, um? Because uh, we need to work out what a TikTok strategy is going to be. Actually, <laughs> what what what, um, what kind of clips are we going to put on TikTok? Oh,
0: he's such a bell piece. Um, he it. is. So Absolutely. there you go. I hope
1: that satisfies your your craving, John, for uh, yep. for me to lose my mind about Cliff Richard. To be fair to Pete, he's backed me up there. Uh, normally yeah, he wouldn't he, do that. He, he would probably say that it's fine. I, I, I
0: don't understand why you get so upset about uh, stand-up comedians, but Cliff Richard, I think I can I, I can get on board yeah. because the man
1: is cringe. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Cliff Richard talking on stage than most comedians. Well, you know, like those you know those uh,
0: celebrated videos of uh, Elvis uh, doing. Oh, the bits sixty-eight in between the in between oh. the songs and stuff. He's just yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he's just really good at like trying to spook his his singers, his backing singers out, yeah. uh uh just eating the microphone, yeah. uh telling jokes and stuff. I I would love to see like f- you know 50 years of Cliff Richard's badinage in between songs because <laughs> that man. But, that, but that's another thing he, people have forgotten about. He makes my him. testicles retreat into my body.
1: Yeah. And, would it, and... does
0: it upset you Luke because obviously he, uh, the BBC uh 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 BBC paid two million pounds to him. Uh yeah. apologizing for for what they'd done. No, nah, the that but that was bad by them. Well, you have technically, as a man who pays his uh his T V licence, you've uh, I reckon a couple of pennies out of that yeah. you've given directly to Cliff Richard to yeah. to and, do his and, Joint and, of the World and, album. And
1: people would say, Oh yeah, but if you drop two pence on the floor, do you bend down and pick it up? I do actually. So <laughs> that does hurt me a lot. Yeah. Fair, um, fair. I um you talk about Elvis there, you know that like Cliff used to style himself as and literally market himself as the British yeah, yeah, Elvis yeah. for years. Yeah, I guess which,
0: a lot of people did back then, but it seems particularly egregious because the man has no charisma.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just a singer. Like, what's, what the fuck have you got to do? with you know, cause you, Yeah, look, we could do this all day. Let's not, let's go. But I have annoyed myself, including <laughs> yeah. Cliff Richard, into this. I should have just thought, you know what? I, I thought to myself, you'll get through this, fine. It's annoyed me now, so we're going to have to go. Um <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We will be back um, for 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 the show on Thursday later in the week. Looking forward to that. Uh, Peter, look after yourself, won't you? Be be safe. Goodbye, all. Yeah, I will. Uh, but yeah, don't. When I say look after yourself, be safe, and you just say goodbye, all it doesn't sound good. So <laughs> say yes, thank you very much, and then say goodbye, all. Yeah. All right, see you tomorrow. later. Bye.
0: The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack Production and part of the Acast
1: Creator Network.